Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 5.30 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser. Barnabies of Mishawaka and Granger, the Mishawaka Education Foundation, Pet Refuge, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Well, at Four Winds Field in downtown South Bend, for the rest of the week, we have some really good baseball coming your way as the South Bend Cubs will take on Beloit in a six-game series. And the series starts tonight right here on WSBT Radio. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.45. The first pitch is at 7.05. And South Bend starts tonight with a one-game lead over Beloit for first place in the Midwest League's Western Division. And whoever wins the second-half division title goes to the playoffs. The other is done for the year. So a very important series here in August as the minor league baseball season is winding down. And we've got, I guess we could call it, pennant pursuit baseball over the next week here in downtown South Bend. Rejoining the program, I think we talked to him right when – COVID was kind of canceling the baseball season on the minor league side a couple of years ago, and he is back with the South Bend Cubs. Back then, low A, now high A, of course, here in South Bend. Cole Franklin, South Bend Cub pitcher, joins me on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Cole, it's Darren. Good to catch up with you once again. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? It's good to be back on here. Good to be back talking to you. Wow, that seems like a long time ago when we were talking COVID and no baseball. It's almost unimaginable we went through that. But how did you get through that summer without baseball? What did you do? Man, it was a lot of uh, a lot of good time spent with family. It was it was a struggle, you know, uh, because I still had to get uh, a certain amount of innings in, and so it was a lot of. uh, bullpens we actually brought a portable bullpen beside my house and I would throw outside with uh, one of my buddies and uh, I was throwing bullpens like literally in the side of my house because I still had to get you know a, a certain amount of innings in wow that's resourceful I like it you know so many people that cover the game whether it be a broadcaster or a writer they always talk about for so many minor leaguers it was a lost season and I know I guess you can't look at it that way you got to keep pushing forward and trying to reach your goals but I mean, honestly, how has that affected you and your development as a pitcher? I mean, taking a year off, it's its honestly with any sport, though. I mean, you take a year off of, uh, of not playing the game that you love and like you were born to do and then trying to jump right back into it, like not having, you know, actual game in a year is, is one of the toughest things to do is kind of get like thrown right back into the fire. And so it's a, it's a really big struggle for a lot of guys. And a lot of guys, it's still like, it's still like, you know, lingering around because they missed a whole year. So um, it was it was unbelievably hard, honestly, as a player to try to 
try to stay locked in and you know and just without having a season now if i'm a hitter i can take 200 swings a day i've got a batting tee i can have someone throw to me i can go to a, a place that has a pitching machine so you can get the rust off pretty quick as a hitter but for a pitcher cole i can't imagine it's that easy because you can only throw so many times a day or so many times during a week you are so limited because of the value of your arm i can't imagine how difficult it is to get that rust off yes sir no it's like i said it's unbelievable especially because you can never like simulate you know game-like experiences as especially as a pitcher and then you know bullpens you can get a little bit more but you're never going to get that it's never going to do it justice mm. and so it's it's very it's, it was very tough Man, I feel for you guys. That is a tough, tough assignment. Cole Franklin, South Bend Cubs pitcher, joining me here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. So much of the game of baseball is about analytics. Normally, we always talk about hitters and all the information they get. This pitcher throws normally this pitch with this count. There's a lot of information to process as a hitter. How about for a pitcher, when you guys have a meeting of the pitchers or maybe your meeting with the pitching coach on a day you start, how much is analytics used at the minor league level? Man, honestly, it, so last time I played it was 2019, and, and now to see where it's at now, it's unbelievable. It's the biggest change I've ever seen like in, in like a little two-year it's span. It's that different, really? It, it's 100% different. I mean, you have breakdowns of, I mean, literally everything you can think of as, as a pitcher, like needing you know, information to be better uh, as a pitcher to the hitter. And so, I mean, honestly, they, their swing tens tendencies uh, in, in certain counts, like their first pitch swing. I mean, there's, I can name, I can sit here and name about 50 other things that you, you can, uh, <laughs> you can, you can uh, go look at. I know one of your fellow prospects who was a hitter, I asked him about analytics a couple of years ago, and he told me honestly that he asked them to cut back on some of the information because it was almost causing him to think in the batter's box, which, you know, even as a pitcher, you can't do a whole lot. It's, it's so much reaction. And with limited information, he got a whole lot better. Do you limit what they give you? I mean, how do you kind of handle the whole analytics that you're given? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I also I, I limit it a little bit just because the fact that when I when I go out there every six days, I don't want to be thinking about, you know, the analytics of this pitch, the analytics of that pitch. I want to go out. I want to go out and compete to my full potential and, you know, get down to what I what I know how to do. And so I feel like sometimes that can be like overpassed by the analytics stuff. But at the end of the day, like you're out there competing on the mound against these guys trying to get them out. And the analytics stuff, I mean, doesn't really matter how good it is if you're getting shelled. So that's how that's how I look at it. South Bend Cubs pitcher Cole Franklin, my guest here on WSBT Radio. I know the last couple of years I broadcasted in South Bend, we started having these video cameras end up in the bullpen, and bullpen sessions are videotaped, and all the spin rates go back to Chicago, and they're analyzed. I'm curious, when you are videotaped in those type of sessions, do you get the video to look at do you get information from the pitching coach on things that possibly were seen by the folks in Chicago yes sir so there's an iPad right behind you as soon as we throw like a pitch it will immediately like be there at our disposal to see and uh, see the movement see the velocity hmm. see you know where our arm slot is on one pitch compared to another and so I mean th there's like I said there's always useful stuff in the analytics stuff I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful for it hmm. but yeah I mean literally everything is right there at your disposal during your, your uh, bullpen sessions okay I don't want to give anything away in your pitching arsenal so only go as far as you can but I'm just curious when you throw is there a pitch or is there something you do that shows up 
that is better than anything else? Like, is there a spin rate on a pitch that really catches the attention of you and your pitching coach? Uh, definitely the spin rate of the curveball. Okay. That's that's the biggest thing that kind of stands out to me and uh, and, and the coaches. So I would say curveball is definitely the, the, the one that stands out. I've heard about your curveball. I figured you were going to say that, but I, I thought I would ask the question anyway. Well, we're coming down the stretch on this 2022 minor league baseball season. You're back into a rhythm. You've had 19 starts under your belt. What are you hoping to accomplish individually to close out your season strong? Honestly, just stay healthy this year. That's kind of the biggest thing for me, and just uh, make every start and you know give my team the best chance that, uh, just to win a ball game. And so that's kind of what what I expect out of myself and, and what my teammates expect out of me. And so uh, I was, I'm going to go out there and give it all you know, my, on my start day. I know being a part of the 2019 South Bend Cubs team, they really got as a group into the playoff push and went on to win the championship. The 2016 team, they all dyed their hair blonde once they made the postseason. So I know some teams really get into the postseason. I know there was an opposing team a couple of years ago that didn't really care to be in the playoffs. It wasn't a South Bend Cub team. I'm wondering, do you guys understand where you are in the standings and how important is this playoff push to your team? Yes, sir. I mean, it's the most important thing we think about right now. You know, losing is no fun at all at any level. So, I mean... We obviously want to go out there every single day and win and uh, and be the best team you know in this in this uh, in this league and so that's that's kind of our goal and our goal and that's our focus down the long run. Hmm. So tell me about this pitching staff. Point out a couple of guys that you're really intrigued by that you've seen pitch for this South Bend team this year. I know you could probably name everybody, but there are a couple that intrigue you. Oh man, uh, the the, num- the main one that stands out is always Daniel Palencia. I mean. Mm-hmm. I've never seen somebody so throw so hard, you know, consistently as as <laughs> as, as he does, and uh, so I'd say him. DJ Hers is unbelievable as well. Jordan Wicks has disgusting stuff. Uh, Luis Devers, uh, Porter Hodge. I mean, there's some guys that I mean, I, there's a bunch more I can name, but those guys really just stand out to me just because how how nasty they are and how and uh, you know how they they control the game on the mound. I know we talked about this before, and I'm having a brain cramp, so I know you're going to be able to answer my question quickly. But when I went back and looked at your bio again, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. There was a South Bend Silverhawk pitcher that was from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. In fact, I think he was going to be Oklahoma's quarterback, but he went with baseball. Am I going down the right path? Yes, sir. Yes. Are you talking about Archie Bradley? That's it. Archie. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, Yes, sir. Do you know him at all? Archie's like my older brother, honestly. Really? I, I grew up with Archie. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. So my, my dad's his agent, and so I've known Archie since he was a uh, freshman in high school. No kidding. Yes, so sir. how good of a football player would he have been at Oklahoma? Man, he was unbelievable when I watched <laughs> him play. I mean, I mean, he's such a he was such a big dude, too. So, I mean, he's like, I think he was like 6'4", like 225 coming out of high school, too. Oh. And I was like, man, I was like, this dude, this dude could play in the NFL if he would like to. Dual threat, just a pocket guy? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say, I would say more of a pocket guy. He had a, he had a cannon, but you know, the athleticism was, was there every now and then, but not as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you a one sport guy, or did you play multiple sports in high school? Uh, in high school, I played travel basketball. I didn't play uh, team basketball or high school basketball because it was kind of interfering with the days of baseball. Oh. I played football all the way up until my freshman year. But I went to the largest public school in Oklahoma, so it was kind of hard to do both and you know still be on the same schedule and make practices for baseball and stuff tell me about cole franklin the basketball player if you played travel basketball yeah you had to have some game then 
Oh, yes, sir, man. What can I say? <laughs> I felt like Tracy McGrady out there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're averaging about 30 a game then. I get it. Uh, I well, get it's, it. it's only because I'd shoot about 65 shots a game, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a good travel coach that understood you needed your shots then. That's, exactly. Yes, sir. I, I like that. I like that. Yes, well, sir. I know you've with this COVID thing, a lot of you guys are maybe a level behind where you should be right now, and you've spent a good amount of time in South Bend, but kind of just offer your thoughts on being a part of this South Bend community. I know being around the Midwest League, there are four or five ballparks that stand out above the rest, and Four Winds Field, for my money, is is one of the best in the Midwest League. What's it been like being a part of this community, the fans that you've been able to you know, play in front of, and, and also maybe a couple of thoughts on the coaching staff you have here in South Bend. I've heard some good things about them. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I love South Bend. I, the, the, it's, it's, a different, it's a different crowd, too. Like, you have everyone bought in. The fans are bought in. They love you as a player. They love you as, you know, a competitor. And so anytime you go somewhere and you have that type of, like, backing, you know, in, as a fan base, and it's, it's unbelievable. You know, the, it's that Cubs culture that, you know, they teach you about, those diehard fans, like, even at this level, you know, is so good to have because, you know, that they're the reason that you want to go out there. You want to keep getting better. You want to, you want to, you want to perform for them. You know, at the end of the day, you're a performer, and so you want to perform for the fans as best as you can. And, uh, man, I love this community. I love every single, th- every, every single thing about it, honestly, especially now the climate's getting better, too. So, uh, and then uh, <laughs> at, at first, at first I was like, oh, man, it is freezing out here. <laughs> but uh, it, it got better for sure. And then uh, the coaching staff, man, I, DJ Jimenez, is the, me and him always crack jokes on each other. We, uh. We ba- well, this week it's funny that you, that you brought that up because I told him that I'm going to dress better every single day I come to the field than he will. Hmm. Oh, and really? So, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he thinks he can dress better for me than uh, uh, than me for some reason. So uh, we're going to have to, I'll have to put that uh, that out of his head. Well, hey, you tell Brendan King that I need photos of some daily comparisons of you two. We need that on social media. Yes, absolutely. We will. We will for sure. And uh, and you know, Rymel, Rymel was my manager, and uh, and with Eugene, uh, Eugene Emeralds in 2019, and I, you know, uh, Lance is from Broken Arrow as well, so um, I kind of have that Oklahoma culture, and uh, no, he's he's been a great manager for us for sure. TC is an unbelievable pitching coach, you know, he he, even the the stuff you don't want to hear as an athlete, but you need to hear, he will tell you, and so I mean, that's what I love about him. You know, he's going to shoot you straight at the end of the day. Are you a diehard Oklahoma fan? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boomer Sooner. Okay. So let me ask you this. Now, you can be honest. When you think of Notre Dame football, what's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible colors. Gold helmets. <laughs> Shiny gold helmets. That's the first thing that comes in my head. Many people say it kind of looks like C-3PO. Yeah, I, I'm not, I, I can't get behind that, man. I'm not no? going to lie. No, okay. I don't, I'm not a fan of the uniforms. <laughs> okay. I tell you what, as a kid, I always couldn't figure out Oklahoma's helmet. I asked my dad, why is there a paper clip on the Oklahoma <laughs> helmet? So, see, I was I was slow to figure out what was going on there in Boomer Soonerland. Oh, that's understandable. That's understandable. <laughs> not many people get it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do say the, the team to your north, Nebraska, the, the uh, N on their helmet stands for knowledge. Do you know that? Yeah, well, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right for being from Nebraska. Yeah, Mark Haley from the South Bend, you know, hitting area down there. He went to Nebraska, and he told me that, that the N on their helmet stands for knowledge. So I think that, that says a lot right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's all you need to know about Nebraska, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style. I like <laughs> yes, your sir. style. 
Well, Cole, as you kind of wrap up this season, you know, I hope it ends up very, very well for you. I hope you guys get to the postseason. And before I let you go, i got to ask you one more thing. It just popped into my head. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. There is the thought in the next year or two we're going to have automated umpires in Major League Baseball. As a pitcher, what are your thoughts on that? I love it. I really? love it, honestly. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I uh, I mean, I mean, just because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, the, you, you remove that that human element, and which obviously the human's going to have more errors than a, than a computer will. But I'll tell you, like, it's it's been it's it's super tough to honestly like to give like a legit straight answer on this one because it's like there's pros and cons to it, like both sides. I think I would like it more just because the fact that I think it was like if it clips the strike zone, it's still a strike. Because I think they did it in Fall League last year. And mm-hmm. so I think there's there's a if it clips the zone, it's a strike. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, if you get that, you can just, like, pound one part of the zone and be getting strikes for it. And so, I mean, but then again, there's that part to where, like, as, a, as an actual umpire behind there, it can be calling just a little bit off the black, and then you can just keep paying that, and they're going to give it to you. So, I mean, there's there's really pros and cons to it, but I think I would like it. Would you be willing to argue with a computer then? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would. I think I would. I think I'd argue with a tree, too. <laughs> now, I did hear the other day on a Major League broadcast, there has been some talk with the velocity in the game that they would change the strike zone, they would make it wider, but they would bring the strike zone down lower because hitters are having trouble catching up with those fastballs you throw up in the zone. So they would widen the zone, but the high strike would go away. What's your reaction to that? Oh, oh man, I don't know. I, I would. I think that'd be okay because honestly, like sometimes where you where you want to pitch to a hitter up in the zone is a little bit out of the zone anyway, mm-hmm. and I think. I mean, I don't know if half of those pitches sometimes that they swing at are even like strikes in the zone yeah. that they sometimes they chase, and so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't give you. I can't give you a straight right. answer on that one for sure. Well, if, once you get to that point and you face that zone, then you'll have a, a better answer. I, I think it's intriguing. That's for sure. I just, boy, if you start giving two, three inches off the outside corner, you're yeah. gonna love it. But we all know how difficult it is to hit. That would be, I think, a handful for major league players. And final question for you. Do you like the shift? Because how many times do you pitch the ball where you want it and the ball goes through this 60-foot wide hole in the infield? Yeah, I'm not a fan of the shift, honestly. <laughs> I'm not I'm not, not not the biggest fan of that for sure. I'm with I you think, on that one. I, I think at the end of the day, I think it kind of – I mean, you, you might have, you know, the occasional one or two ground balls that, that work and play for it, but I think the other, you know, you know eight, nine – ground balls are going the the opposite direction where you know where they would normally be playing so I, I i'm not the biggest fan of it i'm with you on that hey as we say goodbye to you for the fans here in south bend coming out to the series when should they expect to see you pitch uh, i start this friday at 705 friday at 705 folks yes, you sir. heard him here on the radio how can you not be a fan right <laughs> i mean this was a great interview cole always good to catch up with you yes sir thank you so much for your time and Best of luck the rest of the year, and let's see if we can get another championship ring here in South Bend after that great run we had in 2019. Let's let's run it back here in 2022. Yes, sir. I like the sound of that. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. South Bend Cubs pitcher Cole Franklin joining us from 
for Winsfield in downtown South Bend. You heard him. He's going to pitch on Friday at 7.05. And, of course, every game of the series can be heard on WSBT Radio. And, again, South Bend leads Beloit by one game for the top spot in the Midwest League's Western Division. Game one of the six-game series is tonight. First pitch at 7.05. Our pregame coverage starts at 6.45 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 